Hello and welcome to the Bottom Bins. Just like we did a preview for the League Cup Finals, we are now going to give our review. We didn't get to talk about the games on the, the Bottom Bins episode that we just put out, so I'm going to pass it over to you, Warren. You're going to lead us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, another episode of the Bottom Bins put out the other day. Make sure and check that out. Um, but yes, two good Cup Finals, one in England, one in Scotland. We've seen Manchester United take on Newcastle United in Wembley, and we've seen the Glasgow Derby Celtic versus Rangers at Hampton Park. We're going to start there. Uh, we're going to start in Glasgow. We're going to start with Owen McCardle, our, our Celtic fan, the expert of Celtic of Celtic on the on the Bottom Bins podcast. Owen, a two-one win for Rangers. First of all, just give me an over, or sorry, excuse me, a two-one win for Celtic. Give me an overall assessment of the game. Yeah, look at Celtic. Look at the. I think the scoreline was a bit tighter than the actual game showed. Celtic really dominated uh, Rangers in certain aspects of the game. Dominated. <laughs> 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 I, 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 I wanted to see if I could sneak that in there. Really <laughs> yeah, Celtic really Connor dominated Rangers there in the at Hampton Park. Yeah, Celtic for the first first half, Celtic by far the better team controlled the game. Rangers had a couple of half chances. Uh, Celtic deservedly went in one nil up at half time. Then they got the second shortly after half time. For about a fifteen minute spell, Rangers kind of upped their game a wee bit. Had a few chances. Celtic. Li- Looked a wee bit shaky at times, but in truth, after Rangers scored the goal, they never really looked like scoring again. And Celtic kind of saw it out from there, and they probably should have scored two or three more in the counter attack the last 10 minutes. So, all right, as a Celtic fan, it was great to see. It was a fantastic game, some really great performances. Kyogo doing what he does best, scoring two goals in the League Cup final. Um, I thought the midfield looked great. Alistair Johnson looked fantastic down the right, right hand side. And look at Celtic. I don't like saying it because I know this comes back to bite you but the minute Celtic and Rangers Celtic are far superior to them in every facet of the game they've already got the League, the league Cup one they've all but got the League one at this stage it'd take a monumental collapse from them really so all Rangers have left to fight for is the Scottish Cup and if Celtic win the Scottish Cup that's another treble that's our what fifth in seven years mm-hmm. or something like so it's if I was a Rangers fan I'd be really really down in the dumps here because I don't see where the improvement's going to come like I think it was seven of that squad who was there at the weekend, was the, was in the squad that Celtic beat in twenty nineteen. Stephen Gerrard's team, where so Rangers as a team just aren't refreshing their squad. I mentioned that in the preview as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, compared to Celtic, the only players that were there before Ange Postecoglou were in starting eleven. Excuse me, were Greg Taylor and Callum McGregor. Mm. So it just shows how Celtic have refreshed the squad. They've got good recruitment, whereas Rangers are bringing in players. And they're not even getting into their team. Like they talked about uh, Raskin and Cantwell being two great signs for them. They didn't bring them on until twenty minutes ago. Like so, if you're if you're lording over, over Todd Cantwell, thinking he's going to change your season, when the biggest game you're seeing so far is he not playing? Mm-hmm. Like so, they're still relying on Ryan Kent, Alfredo Morelos, and like Ryan Kent. I forgot he was even playing. To be honest, with you, he was invisible. Barsic, Tavernier, they're all these relying on these guys. Like I. I've been scrolling through some of the Rangers fan form for a bit of a laugh and I'm bored like and they're slating James Tavernier and they're slating John Lundstrom and these are players for three months ago they're saying should be playing still getting in the English national team and all that crap. Mm-hmm. So look it's it's very good times for Celtic. It's very bad times for Rangers and Celtic were deserved winners of that game. Absolutely, absolutely. Um Richie, so Look, we didn't watch the game myself, you and Dorman. We we had another game. I've seen to, a bit of it. Like, look, I, yeah, I, well, we didn't watch it all. No, yeah, we, no we had we had another game to focus yeah. on, yeah. and that's just truth be told. Mm-hmm. But Owen's mentioned in this Rangers team; it hasn't really refreshed um, since Stephen Gerrard was was at the helm. Mm-hmm. 
But then again, as I mentioned in the preview, this team that was playing Celtic in the cup final is virtually the same team that reached the Europa League final last year. Mm-hmm. So, obviously a, a, a different manager. Um, but this is only his first loss. Um, can Rangers pull it back in the league after after a loss like this, especially to their their fiercest rivals? The, the Scottish League's so tough because... I, I say it's tough. It's tough because if Celtic do get any sort of edge or ground on Rangers, it's hard for Rangers to pull it back. Mm. And if Rangers get any sort of ground on Celtic, it's always hard for Celtic to pull it back. It's like both sides really feed off one another. Both sides push each other to like the next level. And to be honest, at the minute, Rangers are just a step below Celtic. Um, their squad depth is <laughs> nowhere near the same. And look, apologies to Rangers fans on our, on our preview. I said I wasn't apologising to them. It wasn't because I was being twisty in any way. I just didn't know enough Rangers players to apologise if you understand what I was saying like when we were picking that team I can name you a Celtic starting 11 I could not name you I couldn't even name you 10 players from Rangers tell you, tell you the truth Like, and it's just because I don't watch them I don't watch Scottish football but what I did see of Rangers last year I actually thought after the Europa League final I was like god you know maybe Rangers have managed to sort of claw their way back and, and then when I watched Celtic in the Champions League this year I was like oh no, there's there is levels to this game, really. To be honest, Celtic just play a much nicer brand of football, um, much more attacking. Look, it's going to take Bill time, and he is a good coach. He's proved that at QPR. We all know that he was the face behind Stephen Gerrard, and ultimately, I would probably say he was the ma- the man behind getting Rangers that that first league title. So, can they pull it back? Who knows? Who knows? They would need to have good recruitment. Um, over the next couple of windows but for just this present moment in time I do just think Celtic are the superior side and are probably going to be the superior side for the next few years at least mm-hmm. especially if Ange Postacoglu stays yeah. at Celtic yeah. um, and that is what the all important thing is Dorman isn't it um, yeah. we've looked at Ange's recruitment in the preview but probably his most instrumental signing scored two goals um, mm-hmm. in the cup final Kyogo Furuhashi um, absolute baller tell you yeah. the truth he, he, he tore up the J League and now he's turning up Scotland yeah. um, how important is keeping him fit like when you compare him to Rangers striker and Alfredo Morelos El Buffalo as, he, as he's called to Rangers supporters um, he only has three goals against Celtic and Kyogo Furuhashi now has three goals against Rangers in a much much shorter period of time so where is that where is that comparison and quality between the two teams, especially in the forward line? Because we talked about it in the preview. Yeah. The, the four attackers, main attackers that Celtic have in Kyogo, Abada, Jota, and I would say Maeda could make it in the Premier League. Can Rangers attackers make it in the Premier League? No, I, I was disappointed, as Owen said. Uh, I seen bits of it, and uh, Kent was very quiet. Um, Morales was okay. He scored a goal, but Kyogo was... Superb two goals. He's 24 goals this season in all competitions. He's a big player for Celtic. Um, as you were saying about his recruitment as well, your way, Atate is a, is a top player and mm-hmm. I think could easily get a Premier League move because yeah. he's just so good on the ball. I could see Atate going to Brighton this summer. Definitely. He's, yeah. he's a top player. Like The midfield comparison was crazy. Like Moy, Atate and McGregor just dominated the game. I thought Rangers midfield was dreadful. They had like Kamara, Lundstrom and... Uh, Tillman, who was actually pretty poor, I thought he was actually going to be decent because he came from Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. But as you were saying, like the the striker that Celtic have, he has been brilliant since he's joined the club and has basically tore up the Scottish league and easily could get a move as well. It's going to be important to keep him and boys like Atate and 
Moy obviously is a very good player. He's obviously a bit older, but he, he's a good player. That by Johnson has come in and done well as well. And the bits that I've seen of it, like I thought Rangers would be better under Beal, but it is early and is you know he's only came in there when mm-hmm. he came in January. Was it mm-hmm. for that? November. November. He, he's gonna. It's gonna take time. Like they are miles behind Celtic. Celtic have depth. Like they brought off the bench. Um, Celtic brought on some like good players off the bench. While Rangers bench, although they did have your way Raskin and. Uh, Cantwell, like they didn't really do much, uh, but like Celtic just continued to dominate in Scotland. And as we were saying, I think we said in the podcast, like Rangers kind of had to win this to kind of get a bit of momentum mm-hmm. over Celtic if they're going to compete in the league this season. Because now I think the league's over and they'd be lucky the Scottish Cup you'd have to put Celtic favourites too. So mm-hmm. if Kyogo keeps playing like this as well, he just he seems to get in the right positions. Mm-hmm. He was just in there. The goals weren't pretty, like, but they were just in the right positions. Mm-hmm. Got the goals. Um, Taylor done well for the cross. Uh, so it's for Celtic big win and they're going to win the travel it looks like mm-hmm. hard to disagree Norman hard to disagree just following on from what, what Connor said then Owen um, in terms of momentum so we talked about it in the preview especially when we talked about Man United with the, the fixtures that they had coming up in, in the last week or so how important obviously they have that lead at the top of the Scottish Premiership as you say it looks like they're not going to be caught and it would take a monumental downfall for them to be caught in that league title race but in terms of a treble, which is what Celtic fans, if Celtic fans before they go into the season would be ex- not expecting a treble, but they would be considering themselves strong favourites yeah. to get a treble every single season. How important is it for the fans and for the club, especially, you know, it's only a couple of years since Rangers last won the league. How important is it for them and in keeping Ange Postacogli at the club to get a treble this season? Um, I, I wouldn't say it's crucial every year. The league is always the main thing, especially with the riches it brings with now guaranteed Champions League football and obviously anything on, on top of that is a bonus. As a Celtic fan, you'd like to win two of the trophies every year and keep on that that march. Um, but look, a post Cogley came out during the week and he said, you'd be surprised at how long I see myself at Celtic, which is a great saying. Look, a, a treble is fantastic and it just fully cements or plays back as the dominant force in Scotland. Um, but I even think from last year... Rangers have looked quite poor from the running. They put a lot of effort into that Europa League and fair play them getting the Europa League, in my opinion, was probably one of the luckiest runs, but that's just obviously just going to be a bit sour grapes. But look at Celtic done their talking on the pitch and they're continuing to do their talking on the pitch. Even players like uh, CCV came out uh, before and he was asked about oh, about momentum. He just says, we can separate competitions. It's just another game. After every win, Pascal would say there's uh, 10 games left, whatever it is, that's 30 points to get. That's the mentality. It literally is just next game, next game, next mm-hmm. game at Celtic. Um, Rangers, a lot of they talked a lot of crap during the build up to it. That Fashion Sakala wouldn't even say the word Celtic. Mm-hmm. Comments to the other mob saying they would have won. Uh, would have won the loss of title last year if they still had Jared. All this shit didn't print the name on the jersey. Wouldn't put the name Celtic on their jersey. Walk straight down the tunnel before the presentation. Like they talk about adding all the Beale talked about bringing back the standards and making the more suits and stuff the game day, but they just kind of they came across as kind of sore losers and kind of kind of just a childish mentality. All that like these are professional sport athletes. Do you think do you think yeah, Kyogo like sits in bed at night and goes, oh my god, fascist Keller didn't say the word Celtic. What's <laughs> going to happen this week? Well, they just they just went into all this childish shit and Celtic just stepped above it and they always seem to do and done their talking on the pitch. And Rangers kind of came away from the whole thing just looking a bit stupid. They've lost any form of momentum they're trying to get at all. That's like 
as I said, I was looking through on Twitter and stuff. Rangers fans are furious with Michael Beale and his team selection. And that's the nature of the beast in Scotland. Like it only takes to lose one game for the entire fan base mm-hmm. to turn on you. Like it just, it, a what it wouldn't be a great atmosphere at Rangers at the minute. Like James Tavernier came out and said, "I have to apologise to the fans." There's a large section of the fans just calling James Tavernier now a serial loser. Like he's inducted in the Rangers Hall of Fame, and he's probably their least successful captain in terms of anybody who's been a captain of Rangers for an extended period of time, only winning two trophies. It, as as it was said, it probably looks like Celtic's going to do the treble now. Obviously, momentum is a massive thing, and this will be a big boost for Celtic. It's hard on. to say that that's the fault of James Tavernier, though, as well, isn't no, it? No, it's, it's not necessarily his fault. Like, Tavernier, we know he's a great attacking, attacking fullback, but they just... It's a per managers, per Rangers teams. Yeah, exactly. I feel there's still this air of, I don't know, kind of entitlement at Rangers Football Club that they kind of feel like they deserve certain things and their owners aren't going out and spending money. They aren't refreshing the squad. They aren't investing. And it's just, I don't really, honestly don't see where Rangers are going to build the squad to compete. Well, not not, not compete with Celtic because they're always going to compete with Celtic. It doesn't matter if you put... Uh, 11 Cristiano Ronaldo's versus uh, 11 Mason it's not like three Rangers anything could happen but I, in terms of just looking at squads and paper and where it goes from here I'd be very worried if I was a Rangers fan of Celtic kicking off another 5-6 years of just pure dominance they had it like obviously that spell on Neil Lennon Celtic did the right thing they got the right manager in and they backed them Rangers sacked uh, sorry Gerrard left Rangers they kind of went for Van Bronckhorst probably kind of a cheaper option than what they were looking at he came in won them a Scottish Cup got to the Europa League final fair play had real bad form this year he got sacked then they went in for Michael Bale maybe once again maybe not the premier name they're looking for and they haven't backed him at all or neither they have backed him he's just made wrong decisions like he said he said at the start of the transfer window that the reason Rangers hadn't done early business was he wasn't bringing players in to be squad players yet the two players that were brought in in January or sitting on the bench in the biggest game of the season, and mm-hmm. um, they they don't I don't see where their money's going to come from. Obviously, the Champions League money will help them, but they've got no bonus money in the Champions League because they lost all their games. They're big name players that they thought were going to be were going to be big sales to them. The likes of when Celtic got twenty five million for Tierney and Edward Canton Morelos. During the last six months of their contract, there doesn't look to be any traction there. But they did get big money this summer. They, got, they sold Rebo and they sold uh, Calvin Bossy for big, big money. They just didn't invest it back into their squad. They didn't invest it. And the problem with Rangers, Rangers still are in debt. Mm-hmm. Rangers, like, Celtic over the last five or six years have been constantly recording profits. Rangers have been constantly recording losses. So they need money from somewhere. And I don't know where that's coming from. The Europa, the Europa League run probably kept them afloat to even to be able to financially compete. But without that European run this year, looks like they're not going to win the league, so there's going to be no bonus money, there's going to be no guaranteed Champions League money. So the money for Rangers is a big issue for them at the minute, and I don't see, and look, I'm not disappointed about it, I'm quite happy to see it, that where they're going to make this money from to build a new squad, because they need a new squad, they need a total refresh. Some of the players, like Alan McGregor is the wrong side of 40, John Lundstrom's the wrong side of, wrong side of 30, Alfredo Morales isn't fit. He's probably not going to be there next year. Um, he, he's he's running down his contract. Ryan Kent's running down his contract. There's still likes of Scott Arfield is in around that team. He's the wrong side of 30. Likes of Connor Goldson's the wrong side of 30. Like, there's a lot of old players who've been there a long, long time who aren't going to suddenly pick up form next year. If anything, their form's just going to continue to slide because they are getting a bit older. 
and time catches up with all of us. So as a Celtic fan at the minute, I'm sitting on a quite a high perch. I feel quite comfortable sitting on it, to be honest with you. Absolutely, absolutely. And just a quick word before we move on to the Manchester United and Newcastle game. So look, a, a treble's obviously going to put... It's going to turn heads in the Premier League and in the big leagues for, for clubs looking managers, and there will be clubs looking managers this summer. Ange Postacoglu, do you think he stays at Celtic beyond this season if they win a treble? Or do you think maybe, like Graham Potter, big club comes in for him, he's gone? I think Postacoglu stays even if we don't win the treble, to be honest with you. I think the way he feels about the club, the way the club treats him, the way the fans love him, I feel, I do honestly feel, especially when he came out this week talking about it, I honestly feel Pascal is here for a long run, especially all the shit he has to deal from the Scottish media, like what uh, some of the stuff. Uh, what's it when he was linked with Leeds? There's all these Rangers points saying, "Oh, I'm gonna I'll take him a lift down the road." Sure, after the I take give him a lift to Leeds myself after the League Cup finally went to Ali McCoy's. Can you give me a lift at Celtic Park? Mm-hmm. And even like all these people calling Beal coming out calling him a lucky manager and stuff. I think mm-hmm. he phrases all that stuff. He doesn't deal with that shit. He doesn't talk on the pitch. And he's come out and he said, I'm in I'm with Celtic for the long run. He said, you'd be surprised how long I'm here. I feel Ange Postacoglu's here for a long time. And while Postacoglu's here, Kyogo will be here. And look, Kyogo's 28 years of age, so I don't think Kyogo is going to get a big move to the Premier mm-hmm. League when it's young, other, there's such young talent about these days. Yeah, of course. So I think Kyogo kind of has a sight set and becomes a Celtic legend who is uttered in the same breath as like a Henrik Larson or a Billy McNeil. Obviously, Shinsuke. obviously, it's a long way for a man like that to get in that sort of conversation. But I feel like that's who he has his eyes on. Like he scored twenty four goals this season. He probably has his eyes. I say he has his eyes on forty. He's he's in the top ten. I think he's sick in the race for the European Golden Shoe, which is and Celtic like the Scottish League only gets the one and a half multiplier. So like every goal that scored in England is worth two goals to kill. Was one and a half. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. So the fact that he's in that top ten just shows the form he's in at the minute. Mm-hmm. So I think. Postacoglu stays and he'll keep Kyogo stays Cal McGregor's not going to go anywhere at this stage so I think Celtic's in a good position I do think Alan's just going to end up for the long haul Perfect oh, cheers for that insight on, on the Scottish Cup final or uh, the Scottish League Cup final sorry um, moving on we've got the, the Carabao Cup final um, the League Cup of England uh, Manchester United once again victorious once again getting their hands on a trophy after a six year wait Eric Ten Hag's men now at the start of the season didn't look like they'd be anywhere near silverware are the only club in England left in all of their competitions and they have already won the first one at the first hurdle. Richie, obviously, as United fans, we're on a high after this result. Um, Coming off the back of a very, very strong win and strong performance against Barcelona at Old Trafford, it can be very difficult for a team who's preparing for one of the best in Europe and Barcelona to prepare for one of the best this season in, in Newcastle at Wembley in a cup match um, do you think Eric Ten Hag just got it spot on oh, he's absolutely smashed it absolutely smashed it you know you, you, you gave that, that famous quote last week Warren, um, and I say it's famous because it resonated with me all week it was the biggest week in Manchester United's history, recent history. Sorry, shall yep. we say not not their history, like but yeah, their, yeah, yeah. their recent history. Mm-hmm. And I would say it was probably the most important week of Eric Ten Hag's career mm-hmm. as a manager. Mm-hmm. He had Barcelona, took them to Old Trafford, played them off the park. There, bang, you're through to the next round of Europa League, mm-hmm. Carabao Cup final on Sunday. Listen, United didn't play particularly well, no. but it was a good cup final performance. Mm-hmm. They just did what they needed to do. Yeah, like I've seen stats, you know, with periods in the game, Newcastle had like 80% mm. of the ball. Yeah. But it didn't matter. 
New, Newcastle didn't look like they were going to score a goal. Nope. Newcastle could have played for another two days and probably wouldn't have scored a goal. Mm-hmm. United were just that compact defensively and did what they needed to do. So he wins Carabao Cup final, smashes it. Mm-hmm. Then we play in the FA Cup last night. Yeah. And it, it looked shaky, it looked ropey for, for about 90 minutes, it looked mm-hmm. ropey. <laughs> and it took two late goals, you know, to see United comfortably through then against West Ham. So he has remained. He's remained in the Europa League, remained in the FA Cup, he's won the Carabao Cup and now we have a game in hand in the Premier League as well and I'm sort of looking at it going, hmm, I wonder could Man City and Arsenal drop some points here and could we slowly make our way up into those top spots. Um, fantastic week for the club, fantastic mm-hmm. game, nice to get our hands on silverware again. It was nice to be in a pub as a Man United fan and <laughs> enjoy a few pints and honestly sit there and not worry about the result and just be like, yeah, I feel fairly confident that we're going to win this game, to be honest. Now, don't get me wrong, I did have the pre-match nerves. Mm-hmm. I really needed to go for a poo, but <laughs> it was all good. Kept it under control. And, Let's go. And yeah, look, I, look, there's one player I want to give a, a massive shout out to, honestly, and I've, I've really, really heavily criticised him, but if anything, this week has proven to me just how invaluable he has been. <laughs> Uh, horse. Let's go! <laughs> Look. Whoa. <laughs> brutal in front of goal. Absolutely brutal in front of goal. But in terms of what he offers to the team, um, that ability to hold up a ball, that ability for other players to come into play because of the selfish the, the selfishness of his actions. Or selflessness. Selfless. Sorry, sorry. God, um, took a brain fart there. Um <laughs> Just that that all round ability that he brings to the team, the pressing from the front, um, the ability to to sort of turn uh, attack into defence when when we're when we're out of possession of the ball, um, he he has been very key this week, and I think those three performances in a row have just sort of cemented that. Look, maybe this guy does need to be signed on a permanent as as just another option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as Man United fans sitting here now, I think we would all agree we do still need a striker in, in the summer. Yeah. We need somebody that's going to come in and score 25, 30 goals a yeah, season. Yeah. Big time. But having Veghorst as an option, I wouldn't be against that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dorman, we've seen how much White Weghorst meant to Manchester United in the past week. And I was likening to, to, to Richie the other day as a footballer that we all know that you're very, very fond of in Joe Linton. Um, so we've seen, we've seen Eddie Howe kind of make that transition for Joe Linton from, from a striker into more of a, an attacking midfielder who, who lays off um, his other players to, to take the shot instead of him. We've seen a lot of that from Wootwaghorse since he's been signed from Eric Ten, by Eric Ten Hag. Um, and again last night... In the press for the third goal for yep. for Fred's goal, we seen him take the shot that was um, then rebounded in. Well, it, it was rebounded in by by Garnacho with an absolutely Great phenomenal goal. finish. Um, he's very very important, and in the League Cup final, he was all over the pitch making tackles down on one end before getting up to the field before getting up to the field before Rashford's goal and assisting Rashford's goal. As loan signings go, and considering the financial implications that Man United had in January. Surely he's the best that we could have got. Yeah, he's he's brought a bit of energy to the team. I think under Ronaldo, when we had Ronaldo, sorry, we just didn't have that press that we'll have now under Weghorst or Weghorst, yeah. Um, he just don't, like as Rich was saying, we do need a striker that's going to score goals because even Charles Ferguson came out and says yeah. we need a striker because we're depending too much on Rashford every game he scored and again he scored um, against Newcastle. But yeah, Weghorst has been important. Uh, but this is a massive trophy and I, Ten Hag I have to say 
even if he doesn't get it right 100%, his substitutions are unbelievable. Mm, like the last perfect. three games Fantastic. against um, Barcelona, he brought on Anthony mm-hmm. and it totally changed the game. Yep. And then on Sunday, uh, when Newcastle had the, I think, second half, they came out, they started playing a bit better. And I was thinking if they could get a goal here, we could be under a bit of pressure. And he Sir brought Sir on Sebastian McTominay and it completely changed the game. Yeah. Because it's not like I was a bit surprised by the, them two coming on because I was thinking maybe he's going to bring on an attacking option. But they just came into midfield and they started to, you know, narrow down the spaces and get the ball back. We started to get back in the game and a few counters and Sabitzer had a few shots. Mm-hmm. And then last night, um, again, making the subs and Stephen McLaren said the winning mentality. It's mm-hmm. it's coming from Dan Hag. This this man like on Sunday I thought we weren't at our best, nowhere near our best, but we scored the early goal and we just hit them again. We hit them a sucker punch, 2 0. And from then on, as a United fan, usually you'd be like, oh, I don't know, we might concede a goal. But I was confident in that back four as well, which was superb. I thought Juan Bissaka came on, especially on Sunday. Because first half, Dalo got an early book in, so Maxman was kind of giving him a bit of trouble. Yeah. But Juan Bissaka came on there and just nullified him out of the game. Yeah. Um. So for United, like as you said, as we said in this podcast, this week was massive. And in every game they stepped up, they went 1 0 down against Barcelona. And it was unlucky because I thought we were very good in both halves, but mm-hmm. we stepped up, 2-1 win, the subs came on, and then on Sunday, got the early goal, ended that game, and then last night was, again, brilliant. With United, there's actually that belief now that we're going to get back in these games mm-hmm. because it used to be we have no chance. But yeah, with Wakehorse, I think, as Richard was saying, we might sign him as like a, you know, like a, a backup striker because he just doesn't score enough goals. Yeah. It's just like he just... Do you know what it is? He's, you can tell he has the brain. He, he knows where to be. It's just he's just not quick enough yeah. to get the uh, shot off. Because he's in the right yeah. areas. You can see even last night he was in the right area even for a shot that mm-hmm. led to the goal, the second goal. Um, but he's just, he just doesn't get off quick enough. But he has been a big player for us and we did need a striker yeah. because without him wouldn't have won probably two of those games yeah. because he, he was vital and he brings that energy and he does he works so hard for the team he, was, he even plays that 10 role sometimes yeah. and just helps out the team sometimes Bruno goes out in the wing uh, like he did last night but yeah for United like like Ten Hag said it wasn't the best performance but we showed spirit and when you have that spirit you're going to win the big games absolutely absolutely look in my opinion, on, on the white horse situation, I think he has been brilliant since he came in. and I think it would be stupid for Man United not to sign him, yeah. considering how much passion and belief he shows in the club. And I think, personally, that a club like Man United needs at least three quality forwards that all offer different things. So signing white horse would be a no-brainer for myself. But um, in terms of the League Cup final then, Richie, um, another absolutely superb performance from, from Casemiro. Um but if you look at last night's performance against West Ham in the FA Cup and the League Cup performance, as Dorman said, we didn't play well, but never once was I not confident that we weren't going to get the result. We were 75 minutes into the game last night and we were 1-0 down and I still thought, and I said to you, I said, nah, United's still winning yeah. this game. Like, um, Not one ounce of confidence that I didn't have in United winning the games. Um, how good is it now as a Man United fan watching games and just knowing that at some point in the game, you're going to create a big, big chance. Yeah, well, look, at just just on Casemiro, I'm running out of adjectives. I'm mm-hmm. running out of superlatives. I'm running out of things to say about this guy. He is phenomenal. Um, just picked up on Tuesday night his FIFA Pro World XI mm-hmm. um, as the defensive midfielder of the year. And look, 
it's it, it, it sort of annoys me that it's taken you I maybe said this on a, a podcast a few weeks ago it sort of annoyed me that United have signed him at the age of 29 and yeah. he's just turned 30 I'd, I'd have loved for this signing to have happened four years ago yeah. and honestly I, I just watching him he just he's just class isn't he like he is just class comfortable on the ball Spatial awareness is fantastic. Just always seems to be in the right area to stop attacks. Uh, knows when to foul, uh, to be mm-hmm. fair to him. Uh, recovering the ball. I, I just, he is a joy to watch. Mm-hmm. And, and I, like, when we went and seen him live and we're in, like, it's just, it's a pleasure. It's a, it's really a, was. It's an honour. It's a pleasure to get to see a player who who is the best in his position in the mm-hmm. world just do his job mm-hmm. and do yeah. what he needs to do. He, honestly, I have to say, in, in the years that I've been supporting Man United and for the amount of times that I've seen Manchester United live, Casemiro is probably the, the, my favourite player to have ever seen live. Mm-hmm. He is just phenomenal. Um, United just have been excellent, to be honest, from this World Cup break. No team has picked up more, more points in the Premier League. No team has scored more goals in the Premier League. Um, they've now, the first cup <laughs> down, that's it, first trophy in the bag. There's something special happening here. No and team in Europe has more wins this season than Manchester United. The Man United's 30. They got the 30th win there last night. He has a 73% mm-hmm. win win ratio. There, There's something really special happening here. And I, we keep saying this every week, but we're saying it because we're watching it every week. This team is not done by any stretch of the means. This team is firmly back to where it needs to be. It's just a shame that he got off to such a bad start. And it is a shame that some of those draws that we've had weren't three points. Yeah. Because if if you win those two games at the start of the season, or you know you beat Palace, you beat Leeds, those games where we, where we did drop points, you'd be looking at it and you'd be going, you know, United could be sitting in first or second in the league. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, the way that they're playing at the minute, they look like a team that should be top of the league. Mm-hmm. The way they're seeing out games, they're professional, they're, they're, their attitude, everything is just perfect. You see it from the minute they walk out of the tunnel. They look like they're just there to do a job. And it's every game, it's tick the box, tick the box, tick the box, job done. They're a joy to watch at the minute. And I'm, for the first time in a long time, I am so, so happy. Mm-hmm. And... I thank you, Ten Hag, for yeah. bringing the smile back to my face. Absolutely, like, yeah, absolutely, Dorman. Mm-hmm. Just before we finish off the podcast, um, just a quick podcast today, folks, just to to give the review of of the two games. Just before we finish off, um, well, I'm going to ask you all, but Dorman in particular. Look, we're we're talking about Casemiro. Um, we'll have to talk about Rafael Varane as well. These are two players, and and let's say Alicia Martinez. Alicia Martinez has just won the World Cup. Rafael Varane has won countless Champions Leagues and a World Cup. Casemiro has won countless Champions Leagues. But all three of them celebrated the Carabao Cup, which, let's be honest, isn't the... It is a major trophy, but it isn't the major, major trophy that we were all... That that we all expect to win, or hope to win um, at the start of each season. Yeah. Um, Obviously, it's huge for us, um, six years without a trophy. But these players... The passion they showed after they won that trophy, you would have thought they won the World Cup, yeah. all three of them. How important is that for Manchester United, not just as a club, but even for the fans, to see that passion and emotion and the winning mentality and the spirit in the team? No, it's huge. Um, as we said, it's a huge momentum builder and them three players have been unbelievable since they've come to the club. Um, and the you know the, the younger players, it's important as well because they get to see them, that they're good examples and... You know, it's it's just going to bode well for the future. These young players, the players that, like we haven't won much, obviously six years, 
I don't know how many players in the club have really won anything. Uh, Rashford probably has won the Europa League and League Cup, so it is so huge. And I think Casemiro and Bran and Martinez know how far our contain high can take this club. Like we can challenge for Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues in the next coming years. Mm-hmm. So for the, this trophy is massive. I've seen Liverpool fans were giving out a wee bit of abuse, like oh, you know, look at them celebrating that cup. But sure, they went mad after that too mm-hmm. because it was a kickstarter for them too because they went to won the FA Cup, nearly won the league, nearly won the Champions League. Mm-hmm. So for United, it, it's just the start of something that could be special because if United would have lost that game. They would have got absolute abuse, let's be honest. I think United lose that game, they would have lost last night. Yeah, so it's just, it's all, the Barcelona game was key too, getting that win. Absolutely. It's all momentum, you know, Absolutely. getting the wins. And as Richie said, Casemiro, we've been saying it for years. Like, we should we needed a player like Casemiro five years ago. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, he's so vital in that team and he's just transformed the team. And, yeah, the, the, they've just been so good. Martin is and Varane at the back too, they're so solid. Mm-hmm. Um, but for United, this, this trophy... I think we we said it last week in the preview how important this was for United. Mm-hmm. Six years, the fans. It is important to win again because it it has six years at United. It's a long time, Absolutely. and Ten Hag as well because Ollie did not win the trophies. He got the finals, he got the semi-finals, but he couldn't win the big one, and that probably hurt him in the long run. Now Ten Hag can build on this, and he has that winning mentality. And these players have won a mentality because the the change in the club has been massive since the first two games, which were just shocking. To now is just. Two different worlds. It's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. McYardle, look, Manchester United now is a much much different team than Manchester United at the start of the season. Following on from our win against Barcelona, following on from our League Cup victory, and following on from our win against West Ham in the FA Cup, we have a huge game at Anfield against Liverpool. Probably our fiercest our fiercest rivals. Do you see Manchester United as title contenders if they overcome Liverpool at Anfield? Um. Uh, from an outside perspective and we all know that you don't like Manchester United and, that, <laughs> and not even just being funny that's no secret you've told me before you don't like Manchester United I, I, you've I, told me before you like Liverpool yeah I'll be honest <laughs> so, I never was the biggest fan of United to be honest he is. Um, but that hates them mm-hmm. because he had to listen to them the people at his own age just waxed lyrical about them for years but um, it's, a, it's a tight one because United are there and thereabouts I just feel that Arsenal and City have built a big enough buffer for both of them not to fail, if that makes sense. Mm. I could see like I could still see United finishing second and overtaking one of them. I just can't see both Arsenal and City dropping enough to let United back into it. I know United's there and thereabouts still. Look at living with yous, you these are clearly back in the good times. These are you are love watching your team. Like you won't make me saying this, Connor. You told me yourself. You 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 call yourself like you're a bad loser. You don't like losing. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Nobody likes losing. And like I've seen you when United scored and you've been a bit like pissed off and like for fuck's sake. But see when watching the West Ham game the other night, when West Ham scored that goal, you're like, yeah, okay, probably still going to win anyway. And I think that just shows how Eric and Hag has changed his whole philosophy about United. That their fans are like, even when something isn't going right, they know they trust the manager enough that. There's still time here. It's gonna go right. We know we're like we know we're gonna win every game at the minute, even if we do go one 0 down. Look, I think the Barcelona win was massive for United. I can't agree with you. I feel if United were beat by Barcelona, then maybe don't win this game. Because uh-huh. look at Newcastle didn't play badly at all. Newcastle actually played quite well. It just it goes back to what we've been saying about Newcastle now for months that they just have no goal scoring threat. No. They're just yeah. they're missing that that out and out goal scorer like, don't have the killer instinct of they a don't major team just yet because there's a couple of times they put great balls through the six yard box yeah. and there was nobody reacting to it and just 
but whereas United are killer at the minute with Ra- the form Rashford's in and that's my worry for United in the title race as well that if something was happened to Marcus Rashford they're in big trouble because let's be Waghorst I know you love him and he's really good at the build up play but he's not he's not as clinical as you want them to be he's not going to take over that burden from Rashford if Rashford was to go down I don't see where United would get the goals from to sustain a title race Look, and I know all that, that's all hypothetical for all we know. Marcus Rashford might go on a, a Naki Williams type run and play every game from now until <laughs> mm-hmm. 2032 or something, you know what I mean? But that's why. We've seven players this season in all competitions with over 10 goal contributions. I know, but goal contributions are different from goals. I understand that, but like, that's, uh, to say that there'd be no goals without Marcus Rashford is false. I didn't say there'd be no goals, I just don't think there'd be the same volume as goals and enough. Look at how, how many, like, Rashford scored what now? 15 some stupid games in a row nearly. Uh, I, know he, like I know that. he didn't score against West Ham the other night, but sure he didn't start, but sure. That doesn't really matter. Like, like in the league, he's been scoring like nearly every week. Mm-hmm. And even the Europa League, and obviously he scored in the League Cup final as well. Was it given to him? Or did he go to uh, no, it was given to him. It was given to him. I just feel he's so crucial to you at mm. the minute that it's like, I feel a title charge has come a season too early. Would you say the same for Man City? If they took out Erling Haaland? I, I wouldn't because I feel Julian Alvarez is a great striker as well. I see goals in Julian Alvarez. Hmm. Like, I know you aren't happy with me and I'm like I'm not saying... It, it just doesn't make sense because there's players that United want more goals than Julian Alvarez. Yeah, I know, but Alvarez hasn't had the time on the pitch. Like, I got... See, I would say Anthony could score goals. I could say Sancho not, would not, score not goals. No, look, okay, maybe not to the no, same. No, not the same volume, volume as Rashford, but definitely to the same as Julian Alvarez. Bruno Fernandez has also had seasons yeah. where he's hit double figures in goals. You know, like Bruno can also chip in with goals 100%. too. Look, I just my own personal opinion at the minute is United, if they are to go on a title charge, which I honestly, even like uh, even not like against a spite against United, just looking at it as a football fan, I honestly don't think United. Would will make a title charge this season. I don't see them. I know they're in great form. I still don't see them winning every game from now to May. And the kind of with the ground they've given away already, the head start to give teams, they kind of do need to go on a run like that where they only drop two or three more games and only draw those games. Mm-hmm. I just don't see them doing that. I know that. I know they have most of the big boys out of the way. Like they don't have to play Arsenal. They don't have to play City again. Mm-hmm. Look, we've talked about we talked about Celtic and Rangers, Liverpool out of form I know they've kind of got a wee bit of a run going together but they still don't look great I know they've won a couple of games but you never know what happens at Anfield mm-hmm. you've seen it like a ba- bad United teams have taken Liverpool, good Liverpool teams to Old Trafford and turned them over bad United teams have taken good City teams to Old Trafford and turned them over mm-hmm. that kind of derby day you don't know what's going to happen there so that's a big game for United and they still have to go to places like New- they still do have to go to places like Newcastle though we've talked about Newcastle's lack of attacking threat at the minute, but they still are a, defense, a very defensively sound team. And with their own crowds, St James's Park is a great stadium, a great atmosphere. Newcastle fans, even in even in defeat, were fantastic at, at Wembley. I don't think anybody can deny them that. And um, I just, my own personal opinion is that United rely very heavily on Marcus Rashford at the minute. And why wouldn't you? He's a great player. Like obviously, if you have players for form, you're going to give him the bully ball. It wouldn't make sense not to. I just feel if they lost that. It might, wouldn't necessarily be the couldn't overcome it, but it might take them a game and a half to get it going again without him, and those could be crucial hmm. in the running. And I do think Arsenal's hit form again. Hmm. I think Arsenal's had their wobble, and I think Arsenal look really, really good at the minute. 
and you talk about professionalism and stuff, Arsenal have shown that professionalism the last couple of weeks. They showed it against Leicester to see how the 1-0 win and very deserved. never give Leicester a sniff. They showed it against Villa when they were, as I mentioned, like United West Ham the other night, they were under pressure. They were those goes down twice. They showed the composure and the professionalism to come back in that game. So I feel Arsenal are hitting form at the right time again. And we know, we always talk about Man City, we know what they're like. Their form can be patchy and iffy or whatever, but they're still Manchester City at the end of the day. They still have the best strike in the world up front, even if they don't always play those strengths. I do honestly, I do think United are back into the conversation, and I do think, depending on signings, if United were to get a victor or Semen or somebody in the summer, which would be the main type of target they're going for, they're going yeah, for that striker. Probably. Yeah. In the summer, you're going to have a lot of people in their Premier League predictions for the first time and the guts of a decade putting United, predicting United to win a title United might be the Bucky's favourites to win a title for the first time in a long time so it is progressing for United and it's looking good for United I just feel this season's Premier League is one bridge too far from them this early fair enough look you're entitled to your own opinion even if the opinion is wrong like you're entitled to it um, <laughs> folks <laughs> I could give the most structured correct debatable <laughs> argument of all time yeah. um, well boys just very very quickly um, Connor, do you think um, there's at least two trophies in United's future for the end of the season um, I don't see why not I don't see why not uh, Europa League look I know what again Arsenal are still in the Europa League but I don't know. I would say Arsenal's putting all their their eggs into the Premier League mm-hmm. basket. I could see them running out their second team in the Europa League. To be completely honest, so I would say United's probably favourites for uh, the the Europa League at the minute. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the the FA Cup, then look again. I know City's still in it, but are City really going to care that much about the FA Cup when they're fighting on the Champions League and the Premier League front? I don't know. So would you maybe say United are favourites for the FA Cup as well? I think United could do a treble this year. Mm-hmm. I think they could do that that other that Liverpool treble as such. Yeah. You know the yeah. the League Cup, um, Europa FA League, Cup, yeah, and Europa League. Europa League you know that they're sort of a treble. Um, I think it's possible. It is definitely possible. Yeah. Look, I do think United are in the title race, and and it, it would just depend on Arsenal and City. You know, dropping points. The only reason I don't want to say that they're definitely in the title race is just I don't want to do a disservice to what Ten Hag has done this season. And I don't want to get myself disappointed if they don't go on and win the title. You know what I mean? I sort of was thinking to myself, I always thought when he came in, second season. Second season, that's the one where we're going to make the push. So I'm still going to try and stick by that. I still think second season, that's the one where he's going to, right, okay, we, we have the this the team here. We have the squad that can win a Premier League now. So I do think they're in the title race, but I will not be disappointed if absolutely. they don't win the Premier League yeah, this year. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Dorman, quick mm-hmm. time. Same same question. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with Richie. I think we beat like Arsenal's probably the only odd team better than Barcelona was left in that competition. So you'd expect you could win that competition on the FA Cup. You know they're going to probably beat Fulham at home. You'd say, and then bring in the semi final. And yeah, as you said, Man City will probably still have the Champions League and the league to focus on. So that that could be another one. Um, I don't think we'll win the league. I think what Ten Hag's done is unbelievable. If you offer top four start of the year. We just snatched her hand off after two games, hundred yeah, percent. Top four in a Carabao Cup, and a United and an fan FA Cup would have been oh, buzzing. Win a cup buzzing. would have been just hundred yeah. percent. Um, but I just don't think we have the squad depth to win the league this season. And also, as Owen said, they have got the bad start we had is a killer because if we're within f- two or three points of Arsenal, I think there could have been a chance. But I think Arsenal will just are just as regaining that form, and City will just hit form too. So, and we do have a few difficult away games, and that's probably 
we're, we're very good at home, but away this season we'll have slipped up a few times. Mm-hmm. So t- I say two or three trophies, definitely, or there'll yeah. be one. No, I, I fully agree. I would say um, we'll at least win another trophy this season. Yeah. Whatever trophy it is remains to be seen. But like as you both have said, like if you are a Man United fan and you're not thinking you're in a title race, you're stupid. But if you're going to be disappointed that United don't win the title this season, you're also very, very stupid. Yeah. Um, but look, I think that's as good a place as any to finish this League Cup uh, review. As always, you can find us on the Parlay Sports app. That's P-R-L-Y Sports. Some good content over there. We've just uploaded our 14th episode of the Premier League series as well onto YouTube, Spotify and all your podcasting platforms. So make sure and check that out as well. Some good content. We kind of we focused more on, on the relegation side of things rather than the top of the table. So for those of you who support the lower the lower table teams... Definitely an episode for you to check out. It was it was actually nice to you know yeah. take that bit of a break from the top mm. teams and talk about the guys at the bottom because look it's I've got a couple of messages this season people saying look why well, you don't talk about my team enough you don't talk about my team enough and it, it was nice to sort of delve a wee bit deeper into those teams absolutely definitely absolutely and look the podcasts are only an hour an hour and a half so we don't have the time to talk about every single team yeah. in depth yeah. and that's a hundred percent fine so once we get the opportunities like this where there wasn't as many games this week it is nice to talk about the mm-hmm. the lower the lower uh, division teams that um we don't get to focus on just as much um but yeah uh, i think that's all from us for the for the league cup review um as always richie keep a bottom bins keep a bottom bins keep a bottom bins